Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome back to Practical Bass. Every week we go into a new topic to help you, the working bassist, elevate your gigs and gear. Um, this week, Dave, what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about singing and playing. Ooh, I like this. The duo. Yeah. Now we actually both do this. We do. Yeah. So what what kind of brought this to mind as a as a topic? For me, I think that there's um there's certainly value that that's added when you're really talking about you know being that gigging musician and being able to say yes i can do even if it's just backup like not even talking about front vocals um you know and this started for me you know not too long ago but about five years ago where someone in the band said we need an extra backup vocalist and more or less told me that i had to do it and kind of getting through that and the whole journey of getting to a point where, you know, n- now I have a process. That's, that's a journey. Like that's, there's, there are shortcuts in there looking back. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, so, you know, I guess there's the element of this that is based on, you know, the technique of singing or the technique of, of playing. And I guess that's not really our that's not really our focus here today. Right. Yeah. That's really like w- w- this this episode is not necessarily about the, the technicalities of how to do that. We're, we're not really here to, to give vocal lessons that would be somewhat <laughs> challenging. And maybe, you know, I would say at least for me, like I'm not, I wouldn't be the, the I, I wouldn't feel like I'd have that, the, the experience to, to talk about, you know, how to get that, that your voice like in, in a place where you're at a next level. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, we can't teach people how to, how to carry a tune either. Right. I mean, you, you have to, in order to play and sing, you need to be able to play and you need to be able to sing, right. You need to have those elements before before you can do both. You need to be able to do either. Step one, do, do those things. Right. But this is really about how, how do we, how do you incorporate both of them? So this way you add value and what are some of the things that, that, you know, that some, what are the, some of those challenges that, that come about? So I guess, you know, to, to start this off, we should talk about really what's, um, what's uncomfortable about it. Like what makes you yeah. uncomfortable? Yeah. Because I mean, not everyone can do it. Right. Right. I mean, and that there is a level of, there is a level of discomfort or a starting point that you have to go through. Like you're going to, when you get started playing and singing, you're going to realize it's another level of challenge yep. versus just playing, right? Because you have to kind of keep the concentration going. You have to be able to play the lines yeah. in the bass part. And now you're talking about laying a vocal on top of that. You want the vocal to sound decent. You want it to be, you know, <laughs> right. Your, your pitch to be good. Right. Right. And, uh, and, you know, and you want to be able to articulate the words and not have it just be, you know, kind of mush unless you're going like, you know, backing vocals like ahs or oohs or whatever. Right. Right. So that's, it's not, that is not an easy challenge, right? It's the kind of the next level beyond just being a player is 
Now, try and do that while you're singing, right? Right, and which one do you prioritize? And right, right, exactly. And and it's that stuff is not that stuff is not easy. And even the greats, right? People would look at. I, I mean, I, there there are a million players that you could point at for this, right? But you know, I'm sure one that bassists look at is you know like the legendary Getty Lee from Rush, who is playing right. insanely complicated bass lines and then singing and. Sometimes his bass lines and singing go together and sometimes they don't. And even someone like like him, right, he's got to go back and rehearse the things that he's recorded, right? I've I've listened to interviews where he talks huh. about his process doing this and it's not like he just hops straight into the rehearsals for the tour and is ready to go. Oh yeah, I'll just do what I did in the studio because a lot of times that all those things have been laid down separately. Right. And so he actually goes back and he has to learn how to do those things together. Yeah. And that gave me a little bit of hope, right? When I was, when I was trying to learn how to do this. Um, I mean, you asked about discomfort and I think the, the thing that's uncomfortable for me is when you have a wildly syncopated baseline versus a straight ahead melody, right? Or yeah. or vice versa, right? Where the the bass is maybe straight ahead or in some way, but then the vocal is very free or or syncopated um yeah. right where they're they're just like in rhythmic opposition to each other. Right. So that's one thing I think that has been uncomfortable for me about yeah. doing it and and learning to do that regularly. Another one is learning to be at at ease with my own voice and not mm-hmm. hating it right um i'm always in the back of my head i'm thinking about the qualities of my voice that i don't like and hearing them accentuated or feeling like they're accentuated and maybe it's just in my head but sure i'm feeling like it's really bad and then I'm looking around at my bandmates thinking, I wonder if they know how bad it is. Right. Like, are they all thinking, my God, I wish he would stop. Like <laughs> it, it's it's funny how how our like the goal for the voice is just that you don't hate it. Yeah. You're just trying to get it out of that just, out of that element of not wanting to like cut your vocal cords out. Like I'm done. Just getting to that point where, yeah, just getting to that point where you can not hate it. Like it's a really low bar to set. <laughs> and I struggle sometimes just getting over that. Um, and and in doing that, right, um, you know, you described this in a couple other episodes that we've done that, you know, when you have an issue like that, it takes you out of the headspace. It takes you out of your game, off yep. your A game, and you can lose your concentration, right? You stop being alert to the things that you need to be, you right. start making mistakes. And now all of a sudden, you know, pow, you're in that, uh, you know, that negative feedback loop of you make a mistake and now you feel like, oh, I'm not doing well. Now I'm thinking about how I'm not doing well. Oh, now I just made another mistake because I wasn't concentrating. And, you know, it just becomes this snowball effect. That's right. It's really easy to 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 get knocked off that when you're trying to essentially do two things at once, and do them both, you know, passably well. Right. At, at a level that you would, that you would expect out of like the, the degree of professionalism that you're trying to bring to the band and that you're trying to bring, bring to the performance. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think those, those are 
like spot on. Those are those are the issues that that I I'm challenged with as well. Um, the the other piece I think for me is that the uh, and this is I guess everyone's going to have a different you know a different set of, set of skills or natural skills or sometimes you know whether you've developed them or not. But I know with with me it's my I, I, uh, it's like the projection right like getting my getting my voice out there at a at a volume that's somewhat equal to maybe other vocalists that that's their like they're the vocalist or they just have like a natural you know uh they they just have a a a natural way of delivering their their voice and their tone and just at least like blending in so when you don't have a voice that carries like that it's not like you have an instrument that you can tweak certain things you're just kind of given what you have so then you have to learn to work around that right work with the tool that you have and kind of um be able to you know get around its limitations yeah Yeah. and your voice changes over time too right i mean like you know you know i'm now 46 and my voice isn't what it was when i was 25 you know you look at at you know great singers or great performers in entertainment and you know that's that's not un, unheard of right right i mean there are people whose voices were equally amazing throughout their entire career like you look at sinatra for example who right. one of the great singers of all time and his voice was so consistent that was what he did though right all he did was this as a and i don't mean to to belittle it or diminish it in any way to be a great singer by itself is an immense accomplishment. And right. he, you know, he's truly one of the greats and there are many others as well. Right. 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 Cause there, 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 there are a lot of singers, professional singers out there that will say to some extent, everybody's got a voice. You just have to find what that is. Find that, yeah. find that whatever's natural to you, that's your voice and it is what it is, yeah. but find it and, you know, really hold on to it. Right. You know, but then there's also like, uh, gosh, so for me, and, and again, you know, not to get, I don't really want to get too much in the technical side of it, but I know for me, I have a tendency to go flat, right? It's like my, that's one of, one of my things that I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And part of it is also because I'm so focused on the base that I'm not either breathing properly or I'm not paying attention to where my voice is at until I start to hear it. I'm maybe midline, or I'm listening to a recording after after the fact. Yeah, and I think, oh man, like it was definitely it was flat. Like yeah. at that point, I thought it was okay, but now it wasn't. And yeah, there's like things that you can do to like fix that, but it, you know, it, it's a matter of really like part of it is just that you're juggling two things. Yeah, yeah, and that that juggling. I mean, it takes work, right? I mean, it takes, it takes practice, just like, you know, real juggling, right? Juggling anything or, you know, any, any sort of task that is complex, you know, as you approach that juggling routine, what, what are the kind of things that you do to set yourself up for success when you have to sing and play a song? Yeah. One of, um, I have a, a friend of mine who, um, who uh, I guess this started maybe five years ago or so. And he's, uh, it, it, his name is John Buck and he plays bass. And when I first saw him, he was actually uh, the lead vocalist 
for uh it was a reggae band but he's his vocals were on point his bass playing was on point and as a bassist i'm looking at this as like it's it's an it's an impossibility like the holy grail of performing yeah like how and so I, I i caught up with him and i just i still like remember his response was so like very bass like short and like right to the point and he just said 16th notes and then turned and walked away oh and I had no idea what that meant at first. And then, <laughs> so then I thought about it and, you know, it's just breaking when, when I do, you know, when I've got to prepare for something that I'm going to sing, it's, it's breaking it down right into 16th notes so that I know mm-hmm. where my, where my vocal, like when, when the word drops compared to when that beat drops compared to when the bass note drops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. That's, that's probably one of the greatest quotes I think I've ever heard about trying to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that it was just one little 16th notes. Yeah. Knowing how to subdivide time is the key to being able to do the more complex tasks that you have to do. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's important to know as a bass player to begin with, but it's crucial Anytime the either the baseline or the singing gets complicated, right? Subdividing the time is like that's the key. Boy, that guy's a genius. Yep, I want to meet him and shake his hand. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the other, um, you know, I think there there are two other things that I do to prepare, and one of them is that um, I, if there's a song, especially um, if I'm the lead vocalist, is that I just sing it everywhere, like everywhere yeah. private. Yeah. Like every, in the car, in the shower. Car, shower, car, shower. Uh, when everybody leaves the house. Right. And, you know, just work out all the kinks. And, and, and part of that is also learning the words, right? Yeah. Because there's that whole other side of singing that there are words and you don't always want to look at a tablet. Like it's, yeah. it takes away from that coolness when you're reading. Yeah. I, I still use that as a crutch on stage. I use the tablet and I, I, right. I really have... It's one of the things that I've kind of put on my list of over the next year or two to kind of wean myself away from that and learn the lyrics more carefully, right? Like lines in a play or something like that. I was never yeah. a, I was never an actor or anything like that or a forensic person or a speaker. So I never really learned that skill of, you know, memorize the lines yeah and 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 it's funny when you when you have that tablet up but you're not even looking at it but you yeah. still have it there like it's that yeah. safety blanket yeah. that I'm kind of I'm almost to that point not quite yeah. but I'm getting close to that point it makes me feel like I'm just now I'm just being a wuss about it you, you know what helps there is accidentally leaving your like tablet holder <laughs> at, at home, home. <laughs> that yeah that just throws you right in survival right, like, mode do or die do or die make up the lyrics you know that's right repeat first verse um and the other thing that i do is anytime if if it is you know especially if it's lead vocals is whenever i'm practicing it at the very end i make sure that i stand oh yeah and sing because what that does is it changes your you know when you sit and you play bass right and you're practicing yeah, yeah. there's a comfort level like there's a certain muscle memory that's happening it's yep a little easier to approach the bass. You don't have to think about it so much, but then when you stand, the bass kind of drops a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
your posture changes and now, you know, you've opened up the vocal. So I at yeah. least spend some time before I'm going to perform it to, you know, be in a position as I would perform it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Get, get as close as I can without the people and the rest of the band, but get right, you know, as close to that point as I can. Because you're kind of, you're accentuating like your muscle memory on the bass. Like you're right. making sure that that's identical as much as possible to your good practice runs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Wow, that's, that's really insightful. Um, I, I never really thought of that, that part of it, but it, it, you know, it, that kind of makes sense because I realized when, when I've been practicing, like I've, I've, I went through this sort of very technical phase a couple years ago where I started doing a lot of adjustments to, you know, the way that I practiced and, you know, where I, how I set my, you know, my instruments, my accessories and things like that. One of the things I did was to adjust all the straps on my basses so that when I sit and when yeah. I stand up, the bass stays in exactly the same place. Right. And I realized it was getting, it did have an effect. Like it made everything I was doing on stage a little bit easier because it was capitalizing on all the practice time. Like the right. bass was no longer in a different place from the way I practiced it at home. And it really helped. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's super insightful to have that, like that muscle memory then deliver when you're trying to concentrate on a second task in addition to the playing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. What are, um, so what are some rules that you stick by or, or processes that you have? Well, <laughs> practice a lot. And, and like you, you know, sing, <laughs> right. sing everywhere I can, right? Like I'll, have that stuff playing on my, you know, in my car or, you know, while I'm at work, even coming in subconsciously while I'm doing other things. Uh, but I'll, you know, spend dedicated practice time, just, you know, go through the song and again and again, making sure that I have transitions right, you know, being critical of my bass playing while yeah. I'm singing and coming back and saying, I know I didn't nail the time on that line. So I go back and Right. You really work through it like many times. Like actually being honest with your own. Yeah. 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 But you know, the I would I would also say you can't do this unless you know the part, right? Just like you said, you have to know the lyrics and you have to know the song. You have to have the bass part down. If you don't know the bass part, you can't start, I think, by oh, I'm I'm going to learn how to sing the song and I'm going to learn how to play bass for the song at the same time. I don't think it's possible to do those things and not have it like vastly multiply the amount of time you have to spend on it. Learn the bass part yeah. first. That's what I do. I learn the bass part first. Make sure I have that down. I've got it under my skin. And then I start on the vocal, right? Yeah. Because if, and if you don't, you'll also have a tendency to simplify the bass line. Yes. Right. Where, you know, it's like the, you take a beautiful bass line that's behind these vocals and then you just end up like root noting it because that's the, like, that's the way to like make that happen when you learn both at the yeah. same time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think when it comes to sort of taking that stuff apart, um, you know, I'll do the same thing with the vocal and the bass line together, right? Is I'll try and, you know, I might turn off the recording or whatever and then sort of play it along a little slower and yep, and then 
use that subdividing technique to think about like, where is my vocal landing as opposed to where the bass note lands? And so if the vocal syncopated, like make sure I hit the note and then I hit the bass note and then do it at a slow tempo and work it up. Right. Um, there are all sorts of apps you can get nowadays on phones too, to do this stuff. Like you can get music players for your phone or your other devices or whatever, your computer where it'll play back the track, you know, at a certain point it gets kind of ugly sounding, but you know, you can slow things down by, you know, 75% or, or I should say slow things down to 75% of the speed. Yeah. And it still sounds relatively listenable. And if you can work at it at that volume, kind of bring the pace up just like playing your bass part you know you'll have more success that way yeah yeah i agree yeah and, and even i mean even with those those pieces like if even dropping it 15 percent down even at at 85 yeah. it's way more digestible you see you know there's a lot of clarity that pops out and the sound of the audio still is Right. Fully intact. Right. And, it, and it's a big, di- just 15% is really a big difference. Yeah, it can be huge, right? And that's that's going to set the stage for success. So, you know, don't be afraid to slow that stuff down. I guess that's yeah. really the the key. So, Paul, what what advice would you have to those that are, are you know, really just thinking about venturing into this, this world of singing and playing at the same time? Yeah. First, keep it simple. <laughs> when you start, like, don't, don't try and start by like learning yes and rush tunes or something like that. You know, <laughs> it's like trying to start playing bass by learning those things. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done. I mean, but it's a really high bar to set. And if you're yeah. the if you're not the kind of person who can really take a lot of disappointment without being disgruntled, <laughs> yeah, it'll just like it'll really make you feel like you can't do it. When, you know, really you should just start a little more simply and, you know, have some, uh, have a, have a simple success and then yeah. build on that over time, right? That's really a better way to progress. And it keeps you from, you know, being too hard on yourself, right? That, which you don't need to be. Yeah. Um, I would also say, you know, strangely enough, you know, there are other, you know, I, I named progressive rock bands, right? Just out of habit, but sure. you know, by the same token, uh, don't try this with Beatles either, right? Because <laughs> don't be deceived, right? There's a reason that so many musicians revere that band, right? right. It is not easy to do that stuff either. Not to mention which there are like three or four parts in every song that you could pick from right. to learn to sing and play. Yeah. And you know, that'll that'll teach you, right, so much harmony and and a lot of things about structure and you know a million other things as well but again you know might be a little too hard to start with uh, you know i think starting with something like you know pink floyd or something is, is right. easy because the bass parts are are relatively simple yep um you know you can get from things like you know comfortably numb which yep. is i think a pretty easy song to play and sing the bass parts very simple yeah get a little bit harder to something like money which is in seven and, right, you know, where the bass kind of like keeps pumping along and then, you know, you graduate from that to other things. I mean, that's just, that's just one, you know, one band. There's a, there are a million other things you could start with that are, you know, easy enough, you know, find something that's, you know, three or four chords in the song, you know, simple pop tune and, you know, where the bass part is like whole notes or, 
you know, half notes or pumping eighths or something like that. Yeah. Or where the vocals are dropping like on the one, if the bass is dropping on the one, like where it's where you're, you can correlate the playing with, with the vocals, yeah, with the vocal the, line, right? The bass, pl- right? The bass line is not too different from the vocal line, or at least it's simple enough that you just—it's kind of like more like a metronome, and then you just yep. sing over it. Yeah, that's absolutely a good way to start. And yeah. you know, another thing is know your range, right? Everybody yeah. cannot sing every song, right? I talked about <laughs> earlier about you know that the 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 ravages of age on the voices that most of us have. Right. And, you know, you're, you know, you may not be able to sing a song that you love and, you know, coming to grips with that is, yeah. is tough, but, you know, realize there's a million, a million great songs out there. And some of them are, are, are in everybody's range, right? Some of them yeah. you pick a person and you can find songs that are in their range. So, do something that's right for your, for your voice. Yeah. Um, I learned the hard way, like, uh, a few years back. Um, I had kind of a, a protracted illness, like a sinus illness. It's nothing serious. Like I don't want anybody out there worried that like, you know, I'm going to drop dead any minute, you know, Dave will be doing the podcast by himself next episode. Uh-oh. I just yeah got my MRI <laughs> results. What didn't go too well? Boy, that that could get real morbid. <laughs> Let's not do that. No, um, no, it was just like a it was a sinus infection that kind of got bad and then you know turned into a chest thing. And, right. And I had a cough that lingered, and I actually I kind of injured I injured my my voice from so much coughing. Right. Because uh, you know I wasn't good at like knowing how to how to either stop coughing or, or cough in a way that wasn't going through my vocal cords. Yep. And, you know, it's taken me a few years to come back from that uh, to the point where my voice is anywhere near what it used to be. So, you know, don't, again, don't, you know, don't strain yourself to, you know, to practice the same way that you wouldn't like play through hand or or wrist pain or carpal tunnel or something like that. Right. Don't do it with your voice. You're, you know, you only have one set of vocal cords. There's no such thing as vocal cord transplants. So, no, yeah, you can't go on online and like you know, pick up a new one. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Absolutely, it is. It is what it is. Yeah, there's and there's a million tips like that, but you know, we're practical base and not practical voice. But, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, what 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 about advice that you would give to people who are are kind of new to the doing this? Yeah, I think um, some basics are for me. What really helped was to just to remember to breathe, think about the breath. Like that's the bottom of it. And, you know, there's plenty of places you can go to learn on this this side of it, but just know where the breath is, know where your power is coming from and know where the sound is actually coming from. Like, you know, what part of your body is bringing that? Right, right. Are you in like your, are you in your diaphragm voice or are you in your head voice? Right? Exactly. You know, just as like one of the early bass lessons I got was like, yeah, okay, just play this note again and again, but play it in like different ways. And you can do that with your voice too. There are just different places that you can go um, to pull those different sounds and that'll give you confidence and it'll hopefully relieve some of the stress of, you know, of, of the, of what the outcome is because you have more control. Um, the other piece of it is to 
for me is that I, I've developed a, a warm up routine. Um, and I think all warm up vocal warm up routines, they sound crazy. Like you sound absolutely nuts. If I'm driving to a gig is typically where I do my warm ups. Yeah. Same here. And I always like catch myself at a red light and someone's next to me and they, I'm sure they hear me doing, you know, something like, uh, or something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. And they think, let me stay away from that. <laughs> that guy, he's got a problem. <laughs> but whatever those warm up routines are, and there's, you know, hundreds of them out there, find one so that when you do sing, especially in a live situation, that it's you're you're already warmed up, that your voice isn't just working through its kinks in the first song, the first, you know, words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, and, you know, and, and similar to like where the breath is coming from, think about, you know, the mic positions, all these other things that we think of as a basis when we talk about our amp and our bass. And it's the positioning, it's the positioning of our head, of our neck, our body, our posture, you know. Yeah, um, all those things kind of go into your ability to deliver right. sound and, you know, hold a note in a way that's pleasant, right? Exactly. Exactly. So this way you have more control. Um, and I think the big thing in general is that if you haven't tackled this and you're thinking about tackling it, just remember the, the value that you bring to the table to any band when you can be that second voice or sometimes the third voice right. on a harmony. It is a game changer. It, it really it adds a lot to the performance and for your audience, there's just something there that brings it to a next level. And for you to be able to be a part of that, that's like value that you're adding. You're no longer just the bass player, but you're the bassist that can also do that. Right. I mean, that, that in itself can absolutely just get you gigs. The fact that you can come in and have good harmonies, yep. you know, there is a, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a facet to this that requires that you have some ear for harmonies, right? And you know, as we said at the top, right, we can't, we're not here to teach that, I think, as a practical site, but right. knowing things about chords, right, knowing yep. how harmonies work yep. and being able to hear the harmony in a song is really important. I would say, you know, one other thing you can do to kind of emphasize your ability to do that is when you're singing these songs or singing your favorite songs, a thing that's helped me quite a bit is um, just making heart, like making up harmonies yep. that don't exist in the recording yep. and singing them and knowing, you know, when they're right and when they're not. And, you know, you have, you kind of have to know when they're right and they're not. There's, again, there's right. this kind of aspect of like, you can't, like, it's hard to teach somebody to do that. You either have it or you don't. And if you can't invent harmonies, then just take the next step below that, which is learn the harmonies that are there, right? Yep. Listen to things by, I mean, you know, my, one of my all time favorite bands is Queen and, yep. you know, that's like a masterclass in harmonizing yeah. right? or the Beatles, yep. right? anybody like that. And, you know, frankly, I think if I'd not grown up listening to that music, I might not be as adventurous about singing and playing at the same time. So 
you know, definitely check out check out bands that use a lot of harmonies and you know try and bring that into your band situations because like you said the 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 ability of a band to deliver harmonies live that are are good is always always going to set that band so far above the median and you know people who are listening they may not know why but when they hear a band they love it and the reason is people love the human voice we're we're evolved in a way to love the human voice like we love hearing humans right so right. i mean it's the thing that you can do that just kind of like takes it to the next level that's right well, so that seems like a good place to stop for today. Um, so we hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, episode and we hope that you'll be able to take some of our advice today and maybe apply it um, to uh, your practice routines and learning to play and sing accurately. We'd love to hear from you about your experience doing this. Have have you had any occasions where you've gotten gigs because of your ability to play and sing? Are you encountering any difficulties or are you finding any successes in learning how to do this in practice? We would love to hear from you. Um, please feel free to visit our website at practicalbase.com. You can email us at podcast at practicalbase.com or simply visit us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us there as Practical Base or on Google Plus or Instagram. And we will be back next week with another episode of Practical Bass to explore a topic that helps you, the working bassist, elevate your gigs and gear. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play Music, on Stitcher Radio, or through your favorite podcatching app. So until next time, I'm Paul Freelds. I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. What does your wife think about all this podcasting stuff? Is she like into it or she's like, I don't understand why you're wasting your time with this loser over this house? Like, no, she actually, um, she's like, you're going to be a star. No, <laughs> never. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> she, she keeps, she, she keeps my ego at bay. <laughs> she's really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dreamer, you know, right. she's got to like, someone's got to balance that out. Somebody has to anchor you. Yeah. yeah. Keep that, yeah. keep that balloon from flying off. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll be your ballast, sir. <laughs> she's more like a pin. <laughs> <laughs> oh